case of fire a step-by-step -step guide to deal with suicidal thoughts and depression this guide is not intended to be a substitute for professional and medical advice and should not be relied on as health or personal advice always seek the guidance of your doctor or other qualified health professional with any questions you may have regarding your health or a medical condition so what to look for i decided to make this guide soon after I started to go into a depressive state. It had been a long time since I felt trapped inside of my own head and felt as if my life was over. Thankfully, I had long since been on a path that helped me jump into action right away and get a handle on it. I want you to have as much of this knowledge as I can give you. As I compose this guide, I am still in and out of the state. One part of me feels blessed and thankful because I know this will help you, while the other tries to convince me that all is lost. What really makes this depression wither is the thought of someone like you getting better, and I hope you can feel the care of a complete stranger reaching out to you. I'd like you to look forward to a future in which we'll build pristine relationships with one another while striving to achieve our biggest ideals. Because what is this life all about if we can't share it with people who are valuable to us? I hope you enjoy it, and I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Be well, Rosarley. Here's the punchline. Above us in heaven exists an ideal from which we cannot escape. The ideal exists to give us a direction in life, a target to aim at. However, the ideal stands as forever unattainable, which is why we are meant to move towards it, but never reach it. For the light of the ideal to shine on us, we must search for it as it likes to hide behind the clouds. I'm going to break from the script, and I'm going to tell you that this ideal that shines above you, that we are all meant to strive towards what happens with this ideal is that when it is not clear when we are not using our words to find this ideal then the ideal becomes oppressive it becomes only judgmental so what we are going to do in this guide when we reach the end is we are going to use our words to clear up the ideal so that we can be inspired by it instead of oppressed by it. But there's a type of depression that creates immovable and thick clouds that hover above us and refuse to let the light shine on us. That's when we start to entertain suicidal thoughts. We tend to fixate on the clouds in a fatalistic manner when we face this problem. The result is a swell-up of our brain that bombards us with circular, thoughts of doom. It's like riding a roller coaster, a roller coaster while blindfolded and not knowing how long the ride will take. So what should you do? The first thing is to use the power of cold to bring you out of your head and back into your body. Your skin needs to come into contact with the cold so your focus can leave your head. The cold will bring focus to your body and release the swelling in your head. How much cold should you expose yourself to? 
as much as you can handle without torturing yourself. Set the water at room temperature and wet your hands and feet as you move towards the core. Lower the temperature gradually. There is no need to shock yourself with cold water on the first try. While you do it, make sure you are breathing into your stomach. And please note that this is not a practice to do once and thus perfect. You are not a mechanical device and must use your sense as you engage with this practice. What I can tell you about cold showers, now quickly breaking from the script, is that they really, a good cold shower can wipe off 20 to 30% at least of whatever depressive uh, feelings you are having almost regardless of how strong they are. So this is, for me, always place number one to go. Now for step number two. I'd like you to get dressed and ready to head out. Put on a pair of light shoes, preferably flexible and with a thin sole, because we are going for a walk. But not just any walk. Before you head out, I'd like you to walk around your room barefoot like a ninja land on the ball of your feet as if you were trying to be quiet and notice how you must engage your core to keep the balance also see how your toes and bend and seek to grab the floor when you go out for a walk i'd like you to keep your focus on your core so it stays tense and try to walk in a way that engages your core that means you don't strike heel first, but more like a midfoot. If you've never done it, it's going to feel weird at first. It takes time to get accustomed, but it doesn't matter. What matters is that you are moving and keeping your core tense. So I'll say it again. The priority is to keep your core abdominal muscles tense and engage as much as you can. And you'll feel power and confidence swell up in your body the more you do it. To make it easier and more enjoyable, well, I don't know if easier, but grab anything with a decent weight in one hand before going outside. Carrying weight on one hand will force your core to remain engaged. This is something that I do every day and I've been doing so for a couple of years now. I have a bag with me and I have a bag with rocks and Instead of carrying the same weight on both hands, I just switch the weight from one hand to the other. And that forces your body to have to balance against the weight. And that keeps your core engaged without you having to think about it. So the trick is to focus your attention on your core. Keep the muscles tense and engaged while walking. It's a lot easier to find a place to walk barefoot because doing so forces you to use your body correctly. So minimalist shoes or barefoot is definitely important. I changed to minimal shoes about two years ago and it changed my body. It really did. So we want to walk for some time, not too long, not too short. Our goal is to feel our courage gather up which we will use to investigate our ideal and face our fear. Now, keep your gaze about two meters ahead and into the floor, or towards the floor. Allow your eyes to explore the terrain that you are about to tread on. 
it's essential to go into an isolated area, a quiet street or a park with hills and stairs. Hills and stairs. We don't want to just walk on a flat surface. We want to find terrain that allows you to go up and down and stretch your muscles and legs. So, but we also want a space that doesn't overload your mind with more input. That's why I talk about a quiet street or a park and also why I suggest that you keep your eyes on the floor two meters ahead of you. And all this will increase the amount of power that you gather in your core. Once you feel you got enough power, I'd like you to ask yourself the question, what am I afraid of? The answer will reveal itself in some form of being alone, abandoned, betrayed, misunderstood, crazy, basically. The fear of not being loved lies deep inside of our souls. So spend some time looking at this fear in the face. And if you find yourself in need of power, find stairs and climb them up, two at a time, and do it slowly while keeping your core, your core engaged. This is really one of my favorite things to do, to go up and down the stairs, two steps at a time. It's a completely different experience. And I talk a lot about walking, and I know that people think walking is just not important. But as everything in life, the most simple things are really the most complex ones. And I love walking so much, I cannot explain it. And as a person that is very curious, walking keeps me forever engaged. It's like every time I go for a walk, I discover something new. So I'd like you to ask yourself, once you get more power, I need you to ask yourself, what have I decided to be an unchangeable truth about myself, other people or the world, which is blocking my ideal from ever shining on me? This is a question that I wrote on the book, as everything that I'm reading from right now, so you may find it there again. And the other question is, how is my fear of not being good enough to be loved caused my ideal to remain buried inside thick clouds that cast shadow on me? Okay, that was a really long one. <laughs> anyway, something like that. <laughs> Don't wait for an answer. Instead, Begin to walk back home. Once you get home, I'd like you to tidy up your room and house as if guests were about to come in 15 minutes. Do the cleaning you can in 15 minutes and not longer. I'd like you to make your place beautiful because beauty is essential. Something that you're going to find out as soon as you start cleaning, dusting off and organizing is that your anxiety is going to lower. When your anxiety lowers, you are going to feel that you can breathe easier. That's because our bodies are always looking out for potential chaos around you. And when you inhabit a place like your room or, or your house, which has not been cleaned, which is not properly organized, which something that you don't do every day, there are senses in your body that feel like anxiety, that's what anxiety is, that are telling you, hey, there's potential things around us that we need to explore and take care of. This is why cleaning and organizing is so important. It's literally 
how we fend off the potential chaos. It's just like when you start to get letters from the insurance company or the tax agency and you ignore those letters and those things remain in the back of your mind until you do something about it and they will drive you crazy until you take care of the things that you need to take care of. So cleaning and taking care of bills and things like that is something that cannot be avoided and is a crucial part in this in this one about cleaning. So back to the book. Finally, I'd like you to sit down to write and answer these two questions on a piece of paper. What am I afraid of? And second, how is my fear of not being good enough to be loved caused my ideal to remain buried inside thick clouds that cast a shadow on me? Doing this process once will yield tremendous results and stop the fire. But if you continue this practice, as I have, you'll find that each step will further strengthen you and very soon more of your humanity and essence will flourish towards your ideal. In time, the feelings of depression, apathy, anxiety and dread will become information and feedback instead of impending doom. If you keep up this practice, you might one day find yourself feeling unshakable. P.S. As I made this guide, I took short breaks to listen to this amazing podcast between Jordan Peterson and Randall Wallace, the writer of Braveheart, and you may check that out. Lastly, before I go, you might be wondering, how come you got depressed if you know these things? Well, one of the reasons I got so unstable, despite of my habits, is because I spent an entire month, over a month, about five weeks, drinking three pots of coffee a day and three cans of energy drinks and sleeping only once every two days while working on a project, while exercising and while doing all these things. And this very extreme routine then coincided with other things and I fell for a short while in this depression. So interestingly enough for you to know, is that at this point in my life, the sort of routines that I have keep my body in such a stable place that I was able to sustain uh, such a rhythm. Even right now, as I am making this thing, I only slept two hours and I got up because I couldn't sleep anymore and I got to work on this thing. So right now, in the next few days, I'm going to get myself back on a stable schedule. But... Yeah, I've just been running myself down. And so I I paid a small price for it, I guess. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this audio. And I hope to hear it from you. Bye.